Do you think Russell Westbrook to the Lakers makes them the favorite in the West? What do you uh do you do uh do you write the topics for ESPN first take? <laughs> no, I mean that's just a question. That's a that's a simple That sounds like a that sounds like a sports center ESPN first take kind of question. First of all, Kyle Warner of the Warner Brothers podcast joined by my brother Keenan aka Keenan. Jacob Willingham aka Mr. Cucumber Slice. Mr. Body Armor himself. Cucumber Mr. Body Slice. Armor? Mr. Body Armor himself. I'm, yeah, Who are you? Yeah, I'm addicted to Body Armor at this point in my life. It's a good drink. I will say I prefer the taste of Body Armor to uh, Gatorade. or I've never liked Powerade, really. but No, Powerade's always been bad. It's got a good taste to it. It's got I, a good taste I to love it. Body I don't Armor. I it's the coconut water in it or whatever it is, but... It's better it's than Gatorade. Be it's just it's, To me, it's just better than Gatorade. It might be all around. Oh, my fault, my fault. Uh, but okay, sorry. Let me let me let me let me reiterate. Let me just change it. How do you think Westbrook on the Lakers helps? How do you think Westbrook helps the Lakers? He will help. I think where he helps the most will be the uh, the regular season because you know obviously LeBron coasts the regular season. Yeah. At this point in his career, Westbrook doesn't know how to coast, so he he's gonna you know keep him in a lot of games where maybe. If it's a 12-point game, they might not, maybe not let it go, but, but they might not try to get back in the game just as much. You know what I Definitely mean? Definitely on so, the back-to-backs, too, where LeBron's going to... Back-to-backs, yeah. Go to, like, go from, say, oh, a Cleveland to then Chicago. He's going to chill in the Chicago game, and Westbrook's going to be like, now let me go put up a 35-point triple-double. Things like that. It'll be something like that. I mean, he just gives so much energy. He'll run that pick-and-roll great for Anthony Davis. Uh... Look, Westbrook with weapons, like when he's with, you know, more than just a Brad Beal or Kevin Durant, like when he was on the Rockets, he he plays amazing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when you got actual talent around him and, he, you know, the Wizards with shooters, like his game's a lot different, which is weird with him going to the Lakers because they don't have the best of shooting. So it's going to be how does he fit exactly with LeBron? Him and AD will be fine because you can just pick and roll that to death. But yeah. LeBron, when Westbrook's off ball. Or, uh, you know, vice versa. I don't know how that's going to work. It's going to be pretty weird. Yeah, I don't... It'll I, help, but, you I, know... I think it'll help, definitely, as you are saying, during the regular season. I think if they can incorporate Buddy Heald and get Buddy Heald somehow in that trade, I think that will be perfect, because yeah. Westbrook... I don't know how exactly that'll happen. I, I, don't, I don't know how they'd get Westbrook and Buddy Heald, but that's what they're trying to work on. Uh, but I just don't see them... I don't like Westbrook. Obviously, helps, but their problem was shooting. Like they, they, they're not a good shooting team. They weren't even in their championship year. Mm-hmm. So, and I know obviously they won it without being the greatest of shooters. But that was also in a very weird COVID year. And now the NBA is starting to get back to how it regularly is with fans and actually road the road team mattering and things. So I think shooting is going to become even more important as the couple seasons and get back into the swing of things. But I just don't, I don't see West. I see Westbrook helping, but I think that even Chris Paul or maybe even Lonzo fit would have fit better for them. I mean, it's not official yet, but it's damn near trades official as of two minutes ago. Oh, is it? Okay. KCP, Montrez, Harrell, Kuzma, all of the wizards, Westbrook to the Lakers. Okay. So, so uh, it's they will have a lack of shooting. Uh, free agency we will get, I believe, must be next week. Free agency must start. I don't yeah. know the official date. I'll look that up. But uh Which means yeah, Chris Paul's probably staying in 
Phoenix. I mean, obviously he could go somewhere else. We don't know, but he's probably staying in Phoenix. Yeah, hard to know, hard to tell with uh, that Phoenix team because their owner he doesn't usually pay when he should. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, he's known to be a cheap owner, regardless of what their uh, their status is. He was known to be cheap when uh, during the whole Nash reign. Mm-hmm. So who knows what happens there? It's weird because you know you say Lonzo and Chris Paul. Lonzo for sure would have been a pretty good fit as far as not needing the ball. Chris Paul and LeBron would have been such a weird fit. Kind of the same reason as Westbrook. Chris Paul needs the ball, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, but... He's got the ball in his hands. He's orchestrating. He'd been great off the ball, but... See, I just I don't think, know how he would have been with without so much control. You know what I mean? He'd have been number two. Yeah, know? oh, for sure. But the two the reasons why is, I think, with but Chris... better fit, yeah. With Chris Paul being older and also being, like, one of LeBron's, like, five best NBA friends, I think that also plays a part of them really wanting to connect and make this work regardless of what their basketball egos are saying. I think mm-hmm. it not that Westbrook's not going to try to make it work. It's just when you have that kind of special bond as friends, it kind of you try to make it work by any means necessary. And with Chris Paul being a 40% three-point shooter, I think that just changes it because you can actually okay, hey Chris, spot up. And I think it would allow also if LeBron's willing to, which he should, it was Chris Paul there. I mean, hopefully he does this with Westbrook, but definitely with Chris Paul there, I felt like LeBron may even enter the post more knowing he can get those looks. Because mm-hmm. Westbrook's more of a... If he's going to give it to you, it's going to be him driving and then you diving to the basket rather than Chris Paul would set up actual post plays for LeBron more so, I think. But that... It seems a lot like they're trying to go real, like, almost 90s-style basketball where yeah. you're more physical... You're bigger. Obviously, they have Drummond, too, who mm-hmm. I think he's a free agent this year. But, uh, you know, with Westbrook, Davis, and LeBron, you got the advantage defense-wise when you go against Kyrie, Harden, yeah. and Durant. So, if you're looking at it that way, that's a kind of a cool face-off. Like, if that happened to be the finals matchup, I don't know how this is all going to mesh. I'm really re- real interested for a free agency next week. That's all yes, I know. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, who do you think the Celtics try to go after? Do you think they try to make a big move at all? Uh, hold up. Let me look up the date. Okay. But uh, who they have to go after? I don't know. I'm expecting more little trades. Mm-hmm. I think they'll open something up. There was something today about them wanting to go after Ricky Rubio, who actually just got traded to the Cavs. Yes. From the Timberwolves. Um, That'd be a so good addition. I feel like we're going to try to... We need a point guard. We need a pass-first point guard, preferably. Uh, so think- we'll try to go for a vet. You can get a point guard anywhere at any point, really. So, you know, yeah. as long as we get someone good. I think Porzingis would be a good fit for you guys, too, if you could manage that. Which I know, I know his trade stock is lower now because of the playoffs, but he still had a, he still averaged, I think, believe 18 or 19 points and nine rebounds last year during the regular season, regardless of the seven game bad stint he had in the playoffs. So, yeah, Porzingis can stay his ass in Dallas. I don't want him on the Celtics. You don't want him? I was going to say it because not I after know. that performance he can't really stay healthy either he's always had this weird weird body really like he's almost like he's too tall he seems mm-hmm. to he seems to get hurt a lot especially he tore his acl yeah that was originally right and then mm-hmm. he was out i believe before the bubble too i believe he yeah. came back i forget it took him a worked. while to come back and he yeah, didn't even he play did. at the bubble right it was just Doncic. yeah cause, yeah it was yeah. just luca because oh no he did play in the bubble he did play because he got ejected from like game two. Ah, uh, that's and right. That he that's did right. play, that's and then right. he got injured in that series, I believe. But he did end up playing in the bubble. I remember that. 
But if we could get him for like cheap, but that's the thing. He's got so much potential still that he'll still get probably more than he should. <laughs> I didn't realize the Lakers got a 2028 20, second round pick. Good thing they got a 2028 20, pick. Uh, <laughs> okay. Shit, what was I saying? Uh, that Porzingis would maybe be oh, a good yeah. fit. I feel like he would get more potential, or he's going to get more than he needs to when he gets traded. I don't think he'll stay in Dallas for whatever reason. I just don't no. see that being the number two guy. I think he'll be one of these guys who continue get, to get more for his trade offer than he should. You know what yep. I mean? He'll have increased value because he seems to always have potential because of his height, because of his range, all that. So, you know. He was known as a unicorn at one point in time. Yeah, he's the original because, unicorn for real. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's fun to watch, but man, that was an ugly postseason. Nah, I don't want him in Boston. I don't really know who I want these guys to go after. Uh, I know a lot of teams should be going after Kyle Lowry. If I was a contender, I'd be going after Kyle Lowry. I know that. I know... Brandon Petty, friend of the show, is Steve, a.k.a. Stove, a.k.a. what's up? Oh, yes, he, DJ, he went to Stove. DJ, is he Sloppy Second? Or, yeah, that's DJ Scoop. Sloppy Second. Either way. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, Both of them, Steven being a Philly fan, Brandon being a Heat fan, neither of them want a Kyle Lowry on the squad. They both want younger players or just don't want him at all. Give, I would want Kyle Lowry. Give me if I'm, Ky- a I'm a Heat Shit, fan. If, give me Kyle Lowry. If the Celtics got Kyle Lowry for some reason, I would... I probably like that. Like he's just such a Kyle hard nosed defender. Like he, he just he's he can fucking there, ball. There's like, zero. There's zero teams in the league who couldn't use. Every team could use Kyle Lowry in some way, shape, or form. There's not a team that couldn't. That dude was given his life in the All Star game. Yeah, like look, he's he he will go defend the best guard on the other team. He can shoot and he can orchestrate an offense in a league where it's point guard oriented. Like regardless of. Whoever your point guard is now, like the Warriors would still use Kyle Lowry and they would use him well. Like he would, you'd be able to play Steph more off the ball and think, like every team could use Kyle Lowry. So Brandon, as my Heat fan compadre, I don't know what you're Brethren. talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. I I would love Kyle Lowry. He wants Brandon Ingram. That's who he said he wants. Oh, I mean, I'm a huge Brandon Ingram fan. I would like Brandon Ingram. I hope they make a push for Kawhi. I hope he plays. But I hope Kawhi's they going make... back to the Clippers by the sounds of it. Is, is that kind of official? That's like, what Woj said, so... Hey, Woj, usually... Woj knows what he's talking about. <laughs> He'd be the only one who would know about Kawhi, so... Yeah. Okay. See, it sounds like he's going back. Uh, yeah, Miami's Miami, obviously Philly with uh, their Ben Simmons situation... Toronto, I'm really interested in what they do. Like, there's a lot of teams specifically in the East. Mm-hmm. Who I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. I'm interested. Obviously, to my see, squad too. But I'm interested to see what Golden State does with the picks they have. Golden State's real interesting because they're going to tell us. We're going to know right away like what their intentions are for this year. Like, obviously, they're going for the ring, but it's going to be, you know, they are they all in or are they still looking a semi to the future? Because if they're all in, well, you can't look for the future when you got Steph and Clay well, no, I, and Draymond. So I you know that, go but for it. I'm saying if. Depends how all in they're going. I would trade Wiseman the 7th and the 14th, and I would try to go get somebody. I would try to get someone as well. I don't know who Simmons was offered to them today by the sounds of it mm-hmm. for uh, the 7th and the 14th, Wiggins and Wiseman, which is crazy. And the Warriors turned it down immediately by reports. But uh, that, I mean, that does, that does seem like a lot. I mean, but I mean, it's Simmons. I understand, and you're. I don't keep, understand how you'd play Draymond and Simmons together, though. Yeah, thing. that's. I think it's a. I think it's a lot because that shooting would be terrible. Like, right, it Dr- almost like balance itself out because you have Stephen Clay and whoever else. But yeah, but like as I because you would have to have like their pick and roll that they run 
would have that usually is headed by Draymond would have to be by Ben Simmons because Draymond is a much better shooter than Ben Simmons and Draymond is not a good shooter. That's so, true. I don't know. I don't know who the hell they'll actually get with that trade. I would keep Wiseman though. I don't know. I'd almost keep Wiggins. I'd I would go back and forth would, on it, honestly. I am a fan after watching Wiggins this year, the Wiggins that played this year would fit fits on that Warriors team because he shot better from three than he ever has. And he actually deed up. Like he played defense on on the best player on usually on the wing and actually did a decent job on people. Fit that Harrison Barnes role is exactly yeah. what he did. They're basically Yeah, it's, he's a just, different version of each saying, other and to some degree. He's a he's a touch better version of Harrison Barnes because he's more athletic. So I think I so think that makes him better by default because he's more athletic. No, I think because he can do all the things Harrison Barnes can do. Plus, he's a little bit more athletic than him, so he's a better defender. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. I don't know. Barnes I don't, is pretty, I don't, no, I was going to say, Barnes is good. That's why it's not like a wash or anything. I just think... Barnes is a better one-on-one score, though. Little, yeah, a little better one-on-one score, but I don't think... Well, Wiggins can still get a bucket, so I don't think that really changes... I got to see Wiggins do it for two years. I do like him with the Warriors, so I agree with that. Yeah, I was going to say, from last year, what I saw, he played... He played really well with the Warriors. I think it may... It'll be interesting to see him as the third option. Because I last year he was the second option, so he still felt at times like, "Oh, this is my team." A lot of the time, it's going to be now Clay in that role. But yeah, I would if I'm going to move off, I'd probably honestly move off of Wiseman because I, for me, I wouldn't move off of Draymond even though like he's in the rumors. Unless you can get Ben Simmons for Draymond, because you're just getting a better version of Draymond with Ben Simmons. What would be your dream Warriors trade as a Warriors fan? Um, it would be trading Wiseman. We'd be trading Wiseman. I think they don't have Kelly Oubre right now because there'd be Wiseman, some picks, and maybe having to throw in like Eric Pascal or someone for getting Siakam somehow. They could get Siakam. In place of place of Andrew Wiggins. You can run that five with Andrew Wiggins. You could run a five of Clay, Steph, Wiggins, Draymond. I'm saying you don't think they'll have to give up Wiggins for Siakam. They may, and even if they did, I would do it because of Siakam. I would try if you could possibly do it without. Then obviously you would do it without. But if you have to, I would give up Wiggins even for Siakam. And I would what? I'm assuming that's what the package would be. Would be and and if you can sign Kelly Oubre back, then I would do that for sure. See a free agent Oubre. I believe that so. one you do. I believe so. I believe he was a free agent this year. I don't know if he was unrestricted or restricted, but I believe so. Then you go. He was. So then you'd go. Who at the five? Like your crunch time five would be Draymond, Pascal. So who's your starting five then? With that, you, you have Clay Curry. It'd be Clay Curry, Siakam, Draymond, and honestly, you could start Kayvon Looney for games. Like he mm. play, he's played in the system long enough, and he plays well. I don't think it would be like a bad thing to have him. And then late in game, you're going to have Draymond anyway. So it's really just a big to kind of fill space. And you just need to get another big body. DeMar DeRose is another name who's out there. He's going to be a free agent. Mm-hmm. Him and Lowry could potentially go somewhere together. They're like the best of friends yeah. from their time in Toronto. So DeMar DeRozan will help. could help a lot of teams. Where do you think he goes? Or where could you? what team could you see him helping out specifically that might have... Like cap room, 
off the thought, I don't know how they would do it, but I'm thinking Wizards will have room now too. The first thing I thought was the Blazers. I don't know. I'm not how sure they, what their cap. I don't. Is. I was gonna say I don't know how they could do it, but like I, the first thing I thought was the. If they Blazers. did a sign and trade, maybe with like McCollum and DeRozan. Yeah, I think I think DeRozan gives them a little bit better of a chance than CJ. I think I'd the, like to see. Sorry to cut you off. I'd like to go. see Ben Simmons on the Spurs. Pop would do some magic with him. Yeah, they be, said they had interest in him. I don't know how real that is. I don't know what the they may be able to pull that off with Dejounte that would, Murray, which Stephen would fucking love because he's a big Dejounte Murray if, fan. If the, whoa, Dejounte Murray on the <laughs> that, was, that was dad. Dejounte, I don't know what Dejounte Murray's on. <laughs> Dejounte Murray on the Sixers would be not because you're getting 90 percent of the defense that ben simmon has you're just not getting the versatility but the on ball defense you're pretty much getting everything with Dejounte murray plus you're getting someone who's fearless and will score the ball also like for a trade would be simmons to portland for mccollum and rocco i have no clue if those numbers match up but i just like it for philly because you get cj back and they get robert covington back who was a fan favorite there and kind of like the uh, last trade you mentioned, you'd be getting some of the defense. You get back with Simmons, mm-hmm. you know, and then McCollum gives you all the scoring you need, really. No, oh, no, especially look, from the outside. That would be the um, that would be the best trade if they could get McCollum because you you got a closer in McCollum now. You've got obviously Embiid, who is obviously your superstar, and then you've got Robert Covington, who three and D fits in any team. He's perfect for the league right now. Because he can play, he can play defense on anyone three through five, depending on the five, and obviously he's going to hit open shots. So this is number five pick right here. Yeah, Jalen Suggs went so to the. Suggs went five to the Magic. Who went four? I missed. Who went four? Uh, I did not see who Two, went. Two Jalen Green. Three Mobley must have went three. Mobley went three to the Cavs, and I don't not. I don't know who the Raptors got it for, but. Oh, they took Scotty Barnes. Took old Scotty Barnes, bud. I don't know any of these players. I mean, I do. I've heard of them, but, mm. like, no clue who's actually going to be good. Uh, I do want to say, for if you're a young player coming into the league, if you can't make it in this league, it's kind of like being a quarterback in the NFL. If you can't be a good quarterback in today's NFL, like, if you're a bad quarterback in today's NFL, you must be really fucking bad. <laughs> so, like, if you are in the NBA, you're young and you're athletic and, you know, you can't get a bucket and you can't get on a roster in this league... You must be pretty fucking bad because the offensive rules. Like, I don't know how much FIBA you're watching, but I've been watching a little bit. I haven't watched too too much though, just because of the timing and scheduling of it. It used to be like used to feel like oh, it's it's a different game, but it's like it's cool. You know, it's like a different version of basketball, but like oh, you can kind of replicate it to the NBA. Yeah. Now the amount of physicality that's only allowed in the playoffs, so mm. like ninety five percent of the season, you're not getting this shit. It looks like night and day compared to basketball, FIBA. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just no physicality in the NBA, right? Yeah. The uh, You don't really get much ball movement, it seems, honestly, to some degree. Like, there's it's so iso-predicated because of the spacing and because you can't in touch FIBA any players. In FIBA or in the NBA right now? The NBA. And, okay. FIBA, no, it's all about no, ball No, I was going to say, all, no, okay, that's what I was making sure. But yeah. that's why... That's why teams like the Spurs, I think, 
If, I mean, they don't have the personnel for it, but like uh, more so the, the Jazz or the Celtics or the Heat, those are why those teams can do well because they do move the ball much better. Yeah. They, the Heat got into a problem these playoffs because of the fact that instead of like last year where they were moving the ball, they kind of were really Jimmy Butler reliant. And when Jimmy Butler wasn't scoring and when, or when he came off the court, they got real stagnant. And Tyler Hero wasn't playing well. Like if you couldn't get pretty much a Duncan Robinson three off a pin down, they weren't getting much offensively at all. And obviously the Bucks are just a very good defensive team. You can also hand check in FIBA as well, which mm-hmm. like looks like a fucking nineteen seventies basketball game comparatively now, yeah. like when you're watching it compared to the NBA. Uh like Drew Holiday is like riding these guys off the court half the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's I, insane. I wish it was like that more in the NBA. That's what I'm saying. Like I kinda miss it. Like it's physical and it's like kinda kind of ugly but i kind of like it you know what i mean mm-hmm. it gives you some variance compared to just threes all the time i don't mean to sound like an old guy or anything like that but you're really just getting slash and kick now is what yeah. it seems like on top of point guard, or a uh, pick and roll play i should say it's you're, really all that you're is, just you know? playing this is gonna make it sound weird you're playing almost like more genuine basketball when you like the ball movement it's the space it's about spacing it's about kind of more and not and this sounds also like a dad but it's about teamwork it's not just like only ISO ball. Like obviously, it is nice to see Lillard just basically say "get out of my way" and have him pull up from thirty-two. But also, it's like if you can get a backdoor cut from something that's just as beautiful. Like when the Heat were playing, mm-hmm. watching like LeBron and Wade work off backdoors off with Bosch and everything. Like that was be- they were they were beautiful basketball to watch when you actually the Warriors when they're moving the, the ball. Especially. Warriors especially yes, those type of teams. Like though, regardless of how good ISO is, like. I enjoy watching that more because, like, just as a collection, everybody's touching it. And just as players, like, you feel much better when you touch, the, like, from me playing, when you touch the ball in a possession rather than just, like, eh. even if someone's going off, you're just watching, like, okay, well, when I'm supposed to be ready for it, I'm not going to be in a rhythm. Right. So, yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel like if you were to get the physicality back into it, you would get more of the actual quote teamwork of it i guess luca said when he came in the league how much easier the nba was because of the lack of physicality and how you can see pretty much every passing lane because of it i mean like look, you can't even bump cutters anymore mm-hmm. stuff like that like look what he's doing <laughs> I mean, exactly and he's proving it too he's doing what he's averaging pretty much a 30 point triple double over that in the playoffs started off the olympics with 48 yeah. almost i think he got the uh yeah, he's second, tied for second for the record for Olympic scoring in his first game. So, I hope we catch him. Luca could do some damage against the U.S. U.S. might lose. U.S. will lose. I honestly think we'll lose. I don't think we medal. I mean, sorry. I think we medal. I think we medal. I don't think we get the gold medal. I was going to say that is a hot take. No, no, no. We're not getting a we'll medal. We'll be in the top three. We should be in the top three. I'll I mean, we didn't medal at the world, so I mean, yeah. it's not far off. No, it'd be but, dis- but I'm just but saying. I think we medal. The the thought of the USA of you the USA not meddling at the Olympics would, jeez. But no, I think that's definitely in play. I think it's, it's in play. Oh, it's definitely in play. It's definitely in play. Uh. It's funny you said that about teamwork, though. I was watching Spain-Argentina before I came down here. Mm-hmm. Fran Fraschilla was calling the game, and he was due to the draft with uh, all the international prospects. It was like my favorite part of the draft, actually, because he'd know the most random foreign player and like know their whole background and like yeah. add, more than we would know about American players, honestly. And uh, it's pretty crazy. But so he was calling the game, and he was talking about how teamwork matters much more in FIBA compared to the NBA, and how 
someone with 14 points per game might be like someone averaging 25 in the NBA just because how team oriented mm-hmm. it is. Uh, which is kind of crazy. I think that's like high school or college. I was going to say, it kind of gives the college aspect to which it. Which is kind of boring, but I don't know. Like you said, the hand checking and all that in the NBA, I would really love that back. Because like, it would really show, because regardless, like in college and things, you don't really have always the stars doing it. So you'll get like a team like Ohio State and they may not have like the biggest of star names so that's why it can be kind of boring cuz you really will only get it by ball movement in the NBA it would push obviously to get your teammates involved but it'd still push like your maybe Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, all of them it'd make them better because they'd actually have to work for every bucket and when you'd see them going off it'd be like okay like they're really putting in the work to do this rather than kind of just like or like when Harden will go to the basket, barely get touched, and like they're complaining for fouls even if they don't get it. That kind of just annoys me mm. because I'm thinking to myself, I'm not sure if I would have complained about that if an NBA player even hit me that hard. Like they're not, they barely are touching them, and it's like, oh, okay, that's not really a foul, but they know they can get the call just to get to the line easy. Another rule I wish they'd get rid of in the NBA, which no level of basketball anywhere else has, is the defensive three. Yeah. Which I get to enhance scoring, like you can't stay in the paint, but man, that makes the game a lot different for people like Rudy Gobert. Uh, you know, your stereotypical seven foot like post, mm-hmm. you know, rim protector, that kind of guy. You can't play him in games where it's like you got to switch on to Steph Curry. You can't just sit in the paint. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, you really got to be on the perimeter. You got to be active. Try to do something that's out of their comfort zone. Whereas, yeah, in the '90s, in their rules. Maybe you can stick around a little bit more because you can stay in the paint. Uh, they had a legal defense, which is a little different back in the day, too. Do you know when that rule came into place at all? Defensive three? Yeah. I want to say like early 2000s or like mid 2000s. It made sense because of how the game was played. Like bigs being like the game was still so confined because like the three point like the three point line was matter, but it didn't really matter. Because the 90s and 2000s, they had a legal defense, which was basically you couldn't play zone. So kind of like what you see like with LeBron or mm-hmm. anybody who can attack the rim. When they kind of got a player in the paint hanging out, obviously you couldn't do It was really the same as now, I guess, in a way. You can't stay in for three seconds. There you couldn't zone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you couldn't shade, basically. But uh, so it made it. That's why someone like Mike and one-on-one scores were so prevalent during that time. Yeah. So... I, I think don't know. I, mean, I would like defensive three. It makes it. Rudy Gobert would be even more valuable now than he already is. Any big, really? Yeah, I'm just thinking Rudy Go just because like he's a because he's a big that in the playoffs becomes a little less valuable just because of how much you can get him in the pick and roll. Yeah, exactly. Like in the regular season, it doesn't matter as much because teams aren't only solely going for that. Obviously, they're mm-hmm. trying to win games, but still catching rhythms and everything in the playoffs when you can solely just say. Rudy Gobert, you're coming out of the game because you can't guard anyone because you can't stay with a guard on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. You'd be able to play him, and he'd become he would become a much more prominent player in the postseason. I think player and players like that would help. I just even regular bigs, as you're saying, like Boban would become even like actually he'd be important. a little more of a threat. Yeah, he might get a little more minutes. He'd have a seven seven guy just chilling right in the middle of the paint, regardless with hands. Josh Giddy went to OKC with a six pick. Now here, one of the most intriguing parts of the draft, Golden State at seven. They're about to pick. Any predictions right now? Who's left? 
Kaminga would be the guy here. I've seen a lot of yeah. mock drafts because he's got like the most, or I can't say the most, but pretty high ceiling. I I'm not a hundred percent sure because I'm honestly not as familiar with this draft as I am with normal drafts. I didn't watch all that much college basketball. I just what I would think I is they. Any. <laughs> I was like, what I would think is they're picking to trade. So whoever they're trying to trade with or or whatever they're having works behind the scenes, I'm mentally thinking they'd be picking to trade. I've maybe heard. and maybe not tonight even, but like picking for a future trade because this organization wants that player. I've also heard this book that guy from UConn, I've heard he's a mature player so that he might actually fit into this system. Mm-hmm. So I'll be interested if they take him. So I wonder if they take Book Knight, if they keep him, if they take Kaminga, if they trade him, because he's such an intriguing prop. Yeah. Be interesting to see if they take the potential over the right now. It'll show also where they're moving to. Yeah, they have two. I was gonna say they have two lottery picks. That's why they. I don't think either of them should be on the team when the season starts. I would want one at least. I don't know. I get they value depth. They got. I think they're pretty cap strapped too, so you gotta take players where you can. Yeah, I my fault. I'm not speaking to the mic. I keep looking at the TV, but no, I they are they are cap strapped, but I also but they already have they have depth and they always have they can find depth the way that their organization is. So yeah, but they need that. I don't know. They're not that deep right now. They can go eight. They can go eight deep, right? As of right yeah, this yeah, moment, yeah, eight, with, eight, they, with everybody, yeah, they can. You're right. Kaminga, they took Kaminga. They took Kaminga. You're right. Yeah, I'm thinking they, without Clay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they so yeah, go, with their full squad, yeah, I'd have, say they're pretty. They have decent. a Kayvon because like, off the bench would be Looney, Jordan Poole, who actually stepped up big last year, uh, Juan Descano Anderson, and Eric Paschel, who Paschel, who was actually big his rookie year, and then in the starting five. And if they get Kelly Oubre back, and then they're starting five. Obviously, they're starting five now. Kaminga, real interesting. All right, I gotta. I got to finish the rest of this draft. This draft is a distract to me. Uh, <laughs> Patriots, day two of training camp. You heard anything? Any predictions? Like what? I've been actually... Give me something for the Patriots. With Austin... With Austin... Austin came over the other day and... Your boy Austin? Yes. Shouts to Austin. Memorial and so up. obviously with, the fan, with our fantasy draft coming up soon, we're talking all football. I've... Obviously, things could change, but I've pretty much almost got my predictions-ish down, really. And Patriots this year will be making the playoffs, and they will be in a fight for the division. I'll say that now. I'm going to guess you got Patriots-Dolphins kind of. And Bills, all three of them. Oh, that's true. Yeah, the Bills, that's right. They, the AFC East is one of like the three toughest divisions. I mean, the NFC West is the toughest division in football right now. And then the AFC North is another one that's just Dolphins brutal. are a wild card. Like in like in the whole league, but especially in the AFC East, they're a the wild Dolphins, card. They could be a Super Bowl contender or they mm-hmm. could be like right mm-hmm. on the cusp of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It all comes down to Tua because their roster is constructed perfect. And then the Bills, obviously, they just got to the AFC Championship game and they didn't really lose much at all. That offense is potent. They just need to, I think they need to establish a run game of some sort. And then the Patriots, how everything's going to mesh and how will Cam be this year is pretty much what comes down to them too. So that AFC East will be interesting because all three of those teams could win the division and I wouldn't be shocked. 
So your fantasy draft, you said it's next week? Uh, in two weeks. It's the August 14th. Two weeks from now. Okay. Yeah. So that's, I think that's like the opening weekend of the preseason, I believe. Yeah. Like that's around the Hall of Fame yep. game. I could be wrong about that. Yeah. So pretty early draft. That'll be, again, beginning of preseason. So you could have injuries in any yeah. of those three games. Yeah, that's what's the interesting with our league. Even at training camp too, obviously. But With our league, we didn't want to do it online. So we wanted to meet in person and... And that was the closest we could get to the season with everyone or mostly everyone being able to meet in person. So I'm anticipating a lot of roster, not a lot, but more roster moves than normal before the season even tips off or kicks off. I should say, yeah, I, I hope so. I love, I love player movement. It's going to suck when one of your guys like top two picks goes down the preseason. <sighs> That's happened. Um, I had one year where I, this is when these players were actually relevant. I had Kevin White, who was a rookie at that time for the Bears. And then I had Kelvin, <laughs> I had Kelvin Benjamin when he was actually good and not fat. And then I had Jordy Nelson, obviously, one of, when he was one of the six best receivers in the league. And all of them tore their ACL in the same season. And that Damn, was that's team. rough luck. <laughs> it was, and that was my team. And that was my season. That's kind of like how my <laughs> season was, but not that bad. Six torn ACLs on one team. A uh, three. So it's oh, Kel- shit. So it's Kelvin Benjamin, Kevin White, and Jordy Nelson. All three of them were like three of my four starting receiving receivers, but all of them just tore their ACL. I do season. remember that season. I thought uh, Kevin White was gonna be really good. And he was I did. A complete bust. I did too. I Joe was pumped when he got to the Bears, and then Kevin White played like Dana White and didn't play. Kind of how <laughs> I felt about Aaron Dobson for the Patriots. He had a okay stretch for one year, and then just. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing else. He's done nothing. He's not even playing football afterwards. He's just gone. Just gone. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think he's playing like the CFL or anything like that. He's just erased from football. People forget about Malcolm Mitchell, too. He's one of the receivers who would have panned out where he just got hurt and nope. could not finish. Because Malcolm- he played a big role in that uh, Falcons comeback. For yeah, sure. Malcolm Mitchell actually... Malcolm Mitchell actually was a nice repatriate, like one of those non-known receivers. He was like... He helped. He helped out on... Unlike Aaron Dobson, Aaron yeah, Dobson. he more like he was going to be good for us. Like yeah. if he would have stayed healthy, he'd have been good. Speaking of Atlanta, Kanye's living in Mercedes Benz Stadium where the Falcons play. That's where he's recording the rest of the album. That's where he's just sleeping. He's just sleeping in the locker room. So Kanye's just he's locked in. Chilling. I get hey, if he's locked in like that, cool. So we get new Kanye and new Nas next Friday. Oh, Kings Nas Disease too. Nice. That's going to be, that's an iconic people weekend. And Kanye and Nas both dropping? Jeez. <laughs> yeah. <I> was, Jesus. <laughs> oh, jeez. I would say, yeah, it could be an iconic weekend. It definitely could be. I'm, ex- I'm, I got big expectations for this Kanye album. Like, I have mm-hmm. not since Life of Pablo, probably. So. Yes. And we're going to be doing a lot of Kanye talking here in the near future. A lot yeah. of Kanye content coming up, for sure. Yes. For sure. Well, I'm gonna watch the rest of this draft too. So for sure, draft time. This was the Warner Brothers podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Warner Brothers Podcast. This is Keenan. That was Kyle. We are the Warner Brothers. We're out.